You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Well, in August, the CDC strengthened its recommendation for women to receive um, the COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy, and that means that the vaccination is recommended for all people now 12 years and older, and including people who are pregnant, breastfeeding, or trying to get pregnant, or might become pregnant in the future. And with that in mind, we're going to talk to a couple um, maternity experts today. Great. Um, so first up on the conversation here is Dr. Sarah Massey. She's an OBGYN um, in Mercy One. Hi. <laughs> Hi, nice to see you. So before we dive in here, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I've been practicing here in Des Moines or West Des Moines as well for about eight years um, and uh, deliver at Mercy One, as you said, as well as Mercy One West. We have a a private patient population out in West Des Moines that we care for uh, with six female providers. Okay, so um, we want to jump right in here. We've been talking a lot about the safety of of vaccination when it comes to the pandemic, Um, and pregnancy has definitely been a hot topic even in the last week or so. So let's get right to it, Dr. Massey. In your opinion, is getting the vaccine safe for for pregnant women or or people who want to become pregnant? You know, certainly from the beginning, I was a proponent of it, but it was difficult to convince pregnant patients that it was safe. And, you know, as a a provider who had been recently pregnant myself, I definitely understand their precautions. Um, However, there's increasing data out there and increasing support that says, yes, indeed, this is safe and recommended in pregnancy. Some of the most recent data has come out of the CDC, um, starting way back when they first started giving vaccinations, they began collecting information from people. This is all self-reported information. So that was through their Be Safe study. And as of July, they had over 139,000 women who self-reported pregnancy. And through those women, they collected information on things like miscarriage, complications, both with baby and with mom. And out of all the information reported, They had no concerns and nothing over the baseline risk for pregnancy was seen in those moms and babies. So I think that that gave stronger support and ultimately came out with the CDC's recommendation to go ahead and recommend that um, and recommend vaccination in pregnant, lactating and pre-pregnancy. Have you seen, I I mean, when the women are not getting vaccinated, have you had any patients that have had COVID and what were the effects of of that on the mama and the baby? Certainly, um, you know, we've seen COVID-19 positive pregnant patients throughout the pandemic. Um, We had a little bit of a lull during the early summer months when it seemed to have quieted down here in Iowa. Um, And now we're seeing a resurgence again now with most likely the Delta variant. And we've had patients that have required just some supplemental oxygen, but we've also had patients that have required ICU admission um, and have had more severe illness. And I would say, you know, from a clinical standpoint, that these most recent um, infections in pregnant patients that we're assuming is most likely the Delta variant tends to be more severe. and, And these patients have more severe complications. And When you look at the research, we know that pregnancy itself is a risk factor for more severe disease with SARS-CoV-2. So 
they provide about a 3% increased risk of being admitted to the ICU. And usually that means you're, you're pretty sick. You're requiring either a ventilator or some, some high flow oxygen, and you're having a lot of difficulty breathing. And there's even a 1.7% increased risk of death um, with COVID-19 in pregnancy. And that's just using pregnancy as a risk factor. That doesn't include these moms that already have perhaps diabetes or high blood pressure or obesity, which is even compounding that risk even further. So certainly we're caring for these patients. We're seeing them. We're seeing a resurgence here in Des Moines. Um, and, and, you know, that just gives me even more pause to sit with these patients and really recommend that they consider vaccination. So, so let's talk a little bit about those discussions. Cause we, we know that, um, every person wants to have a discussion with their, uh, care providers as, as for what is best for them and their family. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about what those discussions are like that you have with your patients and what do you cover to make them feel a little better about getting the, the vaccine? Definitely. You know, initially, I kind of try and gauge uh, what they know about the vaccine and how open they are to it, because that really kind of drives how we discuss it. I have some patients that are immediately turned off by the thought of even bringing it up. Um, I have others that just don't feel like they know enough and they really just need a physician to talk to them about the risks and what our recommendations are. Um, And, you know, I feel like as a physician, we can really make a difference in somebody's decision to vaccinate. And so in reality, I just give them these points that we've been talking about. You know, the fact that the data is there, the CDC has now recommended it. The FDA has completely approved, not just emergently, but approved the Pfizer vaccine in in folks over 16. And that, you know, the safety data is there. You have to think about your risk benefit ratio, you know, in the past when we could self-isolate at home and everyone was wearing masks, maybe we were all a little safer, but you know, without, without masks being mandated in, in Iowa, especially in Polk County, with our kids going back to school, it just really opens up the door for you know, these variants and for COVID to enter your home. And there's only so much you can do to really prevent that. And again, it comes back to, we know, that the vaccine is safe. We know that the benefit at this point outweighs, you know, certainly the risks of COVID in pregnancy. Um, and sometimes, you know, we even get to the point of, of, you know, my personal experience with it. And all of our physicians in our practice are vaccinated. We've been vaccinated from the very beginning. We've been strong believers in the vaccine. You know, I just recently had a conversation with a newly pregnant woman who was asking what I thought about this this COVID shot, and I'm all for it. I have been from the get go. Um, and one of her, I asked her if she was getting the COVID shot, and she said absolutely not. And I said, well, where are you getting your your information from? And it seems like an awful lot of people who are afraid of it are getting it from resources um, like Facebook and Instagram. And what would you say to those people to help? you know, calm their minds a little bit about where can they find the truth from? You know, I think, you know, with anything, people go to the internet for research. And certainly with COVID-19, there has been a surge in social media of all kinds. 
And there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and many times people are also just reading headlines and they're not delving into the actual literature behind it. And headlines can be very misleading. So, you know, it's all about your sources. And in reality, you need to go to the direct source. You need to go to the FDA, the CDC, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all of these sources will support the recommendation for vaccination. I think that's one of the goals of this conversation, too, is to help put out some some good information. Mm-hmm. I put good in quotes, yeah. um, but some some good um, and, and to provide more context. You're right about the headlines is is. You know, we've we've done a couple of these fact-finding types of podcast episodes where, you know, the general premise um, is there, but then once you add in that additional context, it, okay, well, it's not as scary as it might have seemed. So, um, Dr. Massey, you, you talked a little bit about earlier about your own experience as a mother and being vaccinated. I was hoping that we could talk a little bit more about that, of your personal experience. Sure. So, um, I was pregnant during the pandemic, um, and... I delivered about three days prior to the initial surge in the spring of 2020 here in Des Moines. So um, not only was I pregnant and an OB, but also, you know, working and seeing all of these complications and these illnesses firsthand. So, you know, I, I worried about the things that I knew. Um, I worried about what we didn't know at that point, And we didn't have the option for vaccination at that point. Um, you know, Postpartum, I was home, able to quarantine with my family. Things seemed safe again. But ultimately, you know, when my son was eight weeks old, I was back to work again and working with COVID because it was still here. Um, And I worried on a daily basis, mostly for my family. I didn't want to bring home that illness to my young children and to my husband and to my my parents who are elderly and, and have other risk factors. And I think, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. You know, if we think back to those initial fears and worries and the unknown that we had early on, really the vaccine for me was a light at the end of the tunnel as a healthcare worker, because I knew the science, I trusted the science. And so when the vaccine became available to me, I was the first in line to get it. Um, And it really, truly took a weight off my shoulders. Um, I have vivid recollection of rounding at the hospital, you know, after I was fully vaccinated and just feeling relief. Um, I would say that I also got vaccinated while breastfeeding. Um, It wasn't a concern to me whatsoever. I knew that really there were only potential benefits and that most likely I'd be passing some antibodies through the breast milk. Um, And so, you know, it provided benefits in my mind in that aspect to my son as well. That was going to be one of my questions. I I was going to say one of the the breastfeeding advocates are already talking about all that natural immunity that that babies get through that process and and, uh, wanted to see how the vaccination and COVID stuff played into that too. And it sounds like it does. what about like um, prior to delivery then? Are, is that a method of passing antibodies as well for the mothers being vaccinated? Yes, it seems that those mothers um, are passing antibodies. Now, we don't have definitive data on timing of vaccine and how much is passed, but we do know that there are babies that are being born with antibodies to vaccinated mothers just like those babies that are born to mothers that have been infected oftentimes have antibodies as well. 
And there's been antibodies found in the placenta, which is the interface between baby and mom, um, which further, you know, gives us hope that yes, these antibodies are passing to baby and providing some protection postnatally. So if you had a mother on the fence, come to your office and, you know, just say, I'm not sure you just give them the science behind it all. I mean, do you speak to them as a, as a mom as well? Or, you know, I mean, obviously you're an OBGYN, so they're going to listen to the science, the doctor behind it, but it's got to be hard for you not to want to push on, you know, the importance of this vaccine to help mother and baby. Certainly. I mean, I think it's always good as a physician to try and relate to your patients. And so I think as much as we can do that, um, you know, it can provide, you know, something that they can look back to and say, well, you know, Dr. Massey is a physician, but she's also a mom and she was also pregnant and she did this. So I I always think that that can be helpful in any situation, whether it's COVID vaccination or, you know, that you suffered from, you know, something that they've also been dealing with. I think it's nice for a patient to be able to relate to that and feel like they're not alone in this. I think patients often do that. I think that they don't know the answers. And if they're on that fence of being unsure, if you can relate to them on a personal level and as a mother, as a, as a physician, I think, I think we will always as patients listen to the physician because, you know, the science backs it up, but so does the going through it back, you know, like your, your experiences back it up too. I agree. I would say that the, the healthcare providers that you know that you can actually meet on the street are probably better than Dr. Facebook any day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once again, Dr. Massey, wanted to say thanks again for, for taking a few minutes with us for the Mercy One podcast. Um, is there anything that you would like to touch on that we haven't covered yet? You know, I think, I think the one thing that people are still hung up on is vaccination pre-pregnancy. You know, I'm thinking of getting pregnant this year. I'm thinking of getting pregnant in the next two years. You know, there's a lot of misinformation, especially in social media and on the internet about infertility and pregnancy um, and infertility caused by the COVID-19 vaccine. And I just want people to know that the data shows there is no concern for the COVID-19 vaccine causing infertility or interfering with that in any way. Um, I think a lot of that is, is bad information and misinformation. And, you know, why not take the concern of vaccinating and pregnancy away and go ahead and vaccine, you know, vaccinate before you get pregnant? Um, Because then that's one less decision to make, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that we won't be boostering every year or whatever it may end up looking like. You know, this could end up like the flu vaccine where we're, we're changing things up on a yearly basis. But by then we're going to know more and more information. So I just encourage patients that are considering pregnancy to go ahead and vaccinate now, because that's one less thing to worry about once you become pregnant. That's some great advice. Well, Dr. Massey, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. We want to welcome to the program now, Dr. Neil Monsager, and I want to make sure that we can introduce you properly and let you cover some of your background because you specialize in pregnancies that are high risk. So tell me a little bit more about about what you do day to day. So from a training perspective, uh, I've completed my uh, general obstetrics and gynecology residency, um, and then I completed a um, maternal fetal medicine fellowship beyond that. So I am boarded in both general OBGYN as well as in maternal fetal medicine. So maternal fetal medicine is a subspecialty of 
uh, OBGYN dealing uh, specifically with uh, pregnant women, most often pregnant women that have complications. So whether that's with the baby or with mom. So babies might have preterm labor um, or they might have structural abnormalities. They might have chromosome abnormalities or mom and or mom might have uh, diabetes, hypertension, preeclampsia. So those are the, that's the area that, uh, that I work in. And so to, to kind of encapsulate all that, it might just be easiest to say that you're making sure uh, that there's a healthy mom for healthy baby. Is that right? We're trying to optimize outcome for both mom and baby, yes. Well, we wanted to make sure that we had you on specifically just to talk a little bit about um, vaccinations with COVID-19. We know that... Um, the, the maternity aspect and pregnancy is that's getting a lot of attention right now um, as far as like the safety and, and, and some of those questions like that. So um, as far as part of your expertise dealing with high risk pregnancies, what, what can you tell us about the COVID vaccination? Well, let me back up just a little bit and talk about the COVID infection. Um, the COVID infection uh, has been shown to um, cause more sickness in pregnant women than otherwise. Um, so pregnancy is a, a condition in which um, the immune system does not function quite as well as when that uh, same person is not pregnant. So they're susceptible to uh, uh, infections. Uh, chickenpox, for example, we know the chickenpox, if it, if it, if it uh, strikes uh, during an adult, adult life in pregnancy, uh, creates a, a, can oftentimes create a much sicker patient than, uh, than when non-pregnant and, uh, as a child. So the same is beginning to show uh, for COVID as well. We didn't know uh, for quite a while whether pregnancy would uh, be uh, problematic with COVID, um, but uh, evidence is now emerging that indeed um, pregnant women have a higher chance of getting severely sick, becoming hospitalized, requiring intubation, uh, and even death. Uh, specific to pregnancy, we're also seeing some increased risk for preterm deliveries in women who have uh, COVID. So there's no doubt, uh, no one can deny that getting the infection puts a pregnant woman at far greater risk than getting the vaccine. That's just a simple fact uh, that you cannot deny. So we strongly encourage pregnant women to get the vaccine. We've been saying that from from, uh, from the beginning since vaccines be, uh, first became available. Uh, and now that we uh, continue to gather information and realize how safe the vaccine is, um, not only for pregnant women, for, but for everyone else, again, we're strongly encouraging that pregnant women uh, without delay get the vaccination. Can you see a difference in the Delta variant this time around versus the first time around with pregnant women? You know, I think it's still a little bit too early. Um, from a data collection standpoint to know whether the Delta variant offers any specific uh, increased risk to pregnant women. Uh, but uh, there is certainly some suggestion that that might be the case. There's no doubt that the great majority of uh, women who uh, show up um, COVID positive are unvaccinated. Um, so that piece of it is, is certainly well known and um, is the same for both the pregnant population as the non-pregnant population. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier there about illnesses, not just COVID, but you mentioned chicken pox and how that can play into the pregnancy. Um, 
saw a study just in the last week or so that um, when it comes to Delta variant and pregnancy, that women are 22 times more likely to have a premature birth. And that was um, a study from March 2020 to February of this year. Um, so as somebody who's already working with many high-risk individuals, do, do, do those current numbers as far as COVID and Delta and all that stuff, does that mean that more people are coming your way or are you kind of seeing um, the same types of patients as you were before? Yeah, I don't know that I can actually say that we're seeing um, more patients with these types of problems, preterm deliveries. It doesn't really feel that way for us, um, but that's not to say it's not happening elsewhere uh, where perhaps the uh, the numbers are higher. Um, but here at Mercy One Des Moines, I can't say that we're, we're seeing any significant increase in complications such as those. I mean, this is science at its best. So how confident are you about the safety of the vaccine for pregnant women? We're very confident. Um, just as confident as we are with the flu vaccine and other vaccines that we give pregnant women. Um, you need to understand that the vaccine itself only stays within the body for just a few days. So it's not like it's a, a, a medication that's going to stay in the system for, for weeks and months. It triggers um, the cells to produce the, uh, uh, a small uh, protein that's common for the, to the uh, virus, which then um, triggers uh, antibody formation, but the vaccine itself uh, is in the body for a very short period of time. So um, again, I, it, yes, when the vaccine first came out, I think we all uh, would agree that there, we did not have uh, robust data, although it was strong enough for the CDC to approve it. But uh, now that we've had the vaccine out for uh, for almost, well, not quite a year yet, but uh, the, the numbers of patients that have received the vaccine is such that we, we as providers and physicians feel very confident in the safety of the vaccine, not only for um, pregnant women, but in general as well. You know, I think you make a great point by pointing out that, you know, when they get the vaccine, it's only in the body for a couple of days. I think people are often misled by what they read or what they think of not really understanding that it's just a couple of days and then their body takes over with the antibodies. So it's a protection device for them and it's not going to be in their body for the rest of their life. You know, it's a great point. Right. And the other, the other myth that really needs to be shot down very quickly is that, um, that, while this is, this is one of these new messenger RNA vaccines, uh, it does not get into the DNA of a human being and change the DNA. It does not uh, change the DNA of your baby. I mean, these are conspiracy myths that just need to be shot down very quickly. Uh, they really have no place in the conversation about these vac vaccines. So as a, as a OBGYN, if, I had, if you had a woman come in and she's on the fence, to have this, um, or she tells you, you know, I'm not going to, and you, you deal with high risk. So really it's even that much more important because of the risk that they're, they're at with being pregnant. How do you talk them into understanding the importance of having this vaccine for them and their baby? Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, I tried to get at the reason that they're not taking the vaccine and address those reasons specifically. But I can also, I mean, I, I've, I've been in the COVID wards. Now I, uh, 
number of pregnant women there, uh, even when things were really hot, was was low. But there were some pregnant women in those units, and um, we did have some that ended up on ventilators. We delivered several um, to to make sure that the baby uh, was going to survive, uh, just in case mom did not. Um, so, you know, I would I would point those things out that this it's not it's it's a real disease and you can't predict who's going to get really sick and who's not now there certainly are some risk factors that increase your risk of getting sick comorbidities such as diabetes and hypertension and obesity but even even uh, young healthy women uh, potentially can become really sick and even die from covid so it's not an infection to be taken lightly i know i think there is a certain percentage of the population that just doesn't believe that it's a serious infection or has the potential to be a serious infection. That's just not true. It does have the potential and it needs to be taken seriously. And we all need to do what we can do to not only prevent the infection for ourselves, but for others. And the best way to do that is to take the vaccine. Are, you mentioned some of the stuff that you're kind of hearing with, from your patients as you see them. Are there a few common ones that you kind of hear more than others that you want to um, talk about for us here quick and, and address some of those um, myths for us? Well, I think by far and away, the most common was they think that it's going to harm their baby. And again, that just has not proven to be true at all. Um, you, you'll read people talk about, the, you know, thalidomide, that the FDA approved thalidomide years and years ago, and look what it did to babies. Well, the FDA learned from that. That was a mistake. Um, every organization, every company, um, we're all humans, we make mistakes, but they've learned from that and they've really tightened their um, requirements and, and the way they uh, run research and interpret data, et cetera. So I feel very confident as do all of my colleagues that uh, this, that the vaccine uh, will have no, poses no risk uh, to the infant. In fact, there's some evidence that suggests that the antibody, the maternal antibodies produced by the vaccine can cross over and actually provide some protection to the baby right after it's born, um, just as other antibodies do. Uh, so if anything, uh, it may be additional protection for the baby as opposed to putting the baby at risk. And obviously, if mom doesn't survive a pregnancy, that's, you know, babies are attached to moms for a significant period of time. And we've, you know, there's that, there's those case reports where mom gets infection early in pregnancy and, and both of them um, die from the disease. Are you hearing, are there questions from concerned mothers about infertility if they're trying to get pregnant with this vaccine? So I haven't heard those uh, specifically. Again, we deal with women once after, the, after they get pregnant, but I've certainly seen those reports out there. And again, there's no evidence. There's zero evidence to support that. And I always look at things from a pathologic, uh, does it make sense pathologically? And there's no reason to think for the very reason I told you earlier, the vaccine only stays in the body for a few few days. That's just not enough time to create a problem like infertility. That's a very complicated, complex aspect of, of uh, the human being. And, and it's going to take much more than that to, to impact fertility. So no, I, again, there's no data to support that. I don't know where it came from. Um, but uh, it's not to be believed. You know, these researchers and these people that 
create this vaccine. It's not just on a whim that, hey, we can create this vaccine in a day. They've been studying the SARS vac, you know, the SARS um, forever. So it's not like it's something that scientists didn't, you know, try or have been looking at for a long time. And I think a lot of people forget that, that, you know, this is something that's been worked on for a very long time. They just created the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, the, the, uh, the science behind the uh, mRNA vaccine has been around for a while um, and basically just waiting for opportunity to use it. And uh, COVID presented itself, um, unfortunately, um, and we were, the scientists were able to uh, take advantage of uh, the research that they had done previously to apply it to COVID. Um, so you're exactly right. This is not a new, it's new in the sense that uh, it's the first vaccine that has been used for, you know, large population that has been used for Ebola uh, previously, but that did not impact the United States. So uh, this is really the first mRNA vaccine that we've been exposed to, but you're exactly right. The science behind it has been around for, for a long time. So there's really no reason to, uh, uh, to not to trust it. Well, thanks for giving us um, a little bit of your time today, Dr. Monsegger. It's been great to have you on to talk about some of this stuff and, and help clear the air for, for people that might have questions about some of the, to the COVID infections and, and the way that we treat it. Well, I hope they listen. We want to hear your feedback as always, so send us your feedback by emailing podcast at mercyhealth.com or fill out the submission form at mercyone.org slash podcast. <laughs>